This is True News, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help us God. The much-ballyhooed COP26 summit to stop global climate change ended with a pledge by corporate executives and world political leaders to reimagine the world economic system if the green communists are successful in maintaining their alliance with the capitalist communists, our lives will be radically transformed over the next decade. Doc Burkhardt and I have some very important observations to share with you today. Um, Doc, the more that I uh, look into COP26, the more I realized this was not your this was not your normal uh, environmental conference where world leaders come together just to talk, photo ops, get the, the headlines, the pictures, you know, the newsreels going. This one, they really did come together to do something. with an agenda. Yes. I was going to say the very same thing when you opened up. I, I'm glad today was the last day of it before they could do any further damage because the, some of the things that they're proposing, Rick, are so far... Um, I mean, so radical that as we share throughout the Godcast here today, you're going to probably just going to sit back and go, whoa, wait a minute. They, they are actually moving ahead with this. It's no longer proposals. Now they're implementing the plan. Yes. Um, the headline I saw today, very early this morning, it caught my attention, was it had to figure $130 trillion in it. And uh, here's the Reuters uh, version. Uh, COP26 coalition worth $130 trillion vows to put climate at heart of finance. And um, the other one that I saw, which uh, was uh, number 16. Um, yeah, this is uh, Boris Johnson. He did a tweet earlier today celebrating this uh, new deployment of $130 trillion. He says, governments can mobilize billions to fight climate change, but the private sector can mobilize trillions. Today's commitments at COP26 will deploy $130 trillion to build the global green economy of the future. Now, Doc, this is what got my attention early this morning. It was around about 5 a.m. and I'm looking at this and I'm seeing a $130 trillion deal. Um, because on the surface, it, it appeared that they had a a slush fund with $130 trillion, not billions, right? trillion, $130 trillion set aside to fight uh, climate change, which was uh, you know, just an astronomical figure. But when you look into it, um, Boris Johnson and others, they were uh, not entirely factual with what they were saying. Right. Because they want you to believe that they're going to spend $130 trillion to fight climate change. What it actually means is that banks and financial institutions. Investment companies. And investment companies mm -hmm. that are managing a, a uh, aggregate amount equal to $130 trillion have agreed that they are going to make financial decisions based on the agenda that they agreed to at COP26. Yes. Which that, is really now, this is significant. Did you understand what I just said? Yes. The biggest banks, the biggest financial houses in the world agreed that they are going to 
reorder the global financial system to fight climate change. Right. So when we say that, we're talking about things like, uh, you know, uh, BlackRock, for instance, BlackRock, mm -hmm. one of the world's largest investment firms. Uh, their CEO came out and said that they will fall in line with the principles laid out at COP26, which really is an extension of the previous agreements from the Paris uh, uh, Accords, the Paris Agreements from a few years back. But that's just one example. Think of uh, hundreds of investment firms, banks, you name it, all now aligning themselves, saying, as we move forward, we're going to make decisions based upon green investments. Now, Rick, you and I, we're familiar with that term green investments because we started hearing it four or five years ago mm -hmm. when we would travel to tech conferences, uh, mobile device conferences. They would always seem to sneak in uh, a seminar or a presentation on green investments. And so this has been in place, the plan has been in place for a long, long time. But to see it bear fruit like we did uh, over, uh, over the past few days mm -hmm. here, I mean, when I saw this, Rick, it was like, we, we knew this four or five years ago. It's true, but Doc, I, I didn't comprehend five years ago the extent that the corporate executives were going to take this, uh, uh, their commitment to fighting global climate change, if, if you believe it. The climate has been changing since yeah. Noah's flood. Yeah, it's called the weather. <laughs> well, the climate and the weather are two different things. Right, now. I, I but, know, but, but, but there are the, cycles too. Yes, the climate has changed on the planet ever since Noah's flood. Yes. We had a stable climate system on the planet up until the flood. It has never been stable since. That's right. It has, it has changed in cycles. So anyhow, that's another topic. These guys know it. They're using it as a cover for global governance. But this is what today, what I realize they're doing, Doc. So you said they, you know, they're, they're making a commitment to, to um, you know, green technology, to uh, green ventures. Okay, that sounds wonderful, right? I, I, who's against uh, solar power. That sounds wonderful. Right. Uh, we all want more solar power. Okay, that's fine. Okay, more efficient products that, that use less electricity. That's wonderful. That's great. Okay, I'm not against that. That's that's great. But that's not what they're talking about. Right. Doc, where they're going with this is they are going to shut down the supply of money, investment, capital to any industry that they decree to be unfriendly to the environment. All right, so one example would be the coal industry. Yes. There's a lot of uh, investment in coal because coal works, coal, coal mm -hmm. produces, coal does what it's supposed to do. And most coal, by the way, is clean. It's mm -hmm. not dirty coal, okay? Uh, they capture a lot of mm -hmm. the byproducts of coal now, and so, uh, so they'll try to fool you and say, uh, no, it's dirty. But now they're gonna shift away from, they'll just say, no investments in coal. Eventually, they'll say no investments in any petroleum products. That, that's the game plan. That's right. the agenda that right. they have. So uh, last month in California, state legislature and the governor signed. The, governor, the legislature passed the bill. The governor signed it. Um, maybe they didn't pass. Maybe, maybe he just did a decree. I, I, I lose track. These people don't even need legislation anymore. They just signed executive orders. But anyhow, in the state of California, um, gasoline-powered lawnmowers right. are going to be outlawed. A lawnmower. Okay. 
they're going to, they're outlawing lawnmowers and anything any yard uh, tool that's gasoline powered is going to be outlawed in the state of California. So eventually, where they'll go is that banks will say to a manufacturer of lawnmowers, "Yes, we're not giving you any capital." Why not? Because we have decided that your product is harmful to the environment and we no longer will support you. We will not give you any working capital. We will not provide bridge loans. There will be nothing coming from the global banking system for your corporation. This is how they're going to shut down thousands of companies. Yes. If, if you have investments in oil, uh, coal, any carbon uh, based product. If you have investments, you need to think long and hard about how long you're going to keep it because I'm telling you, a decision was made this week in Glasgow to shut it all down over the next 10 years. They're going to completely remake the global economic system. Uh, this, um, the Wall Street Journal, okay, is an uh, excellent story today. Financial system makes big promises on climate change at COP26. So notice it's the financial system. Can I just insert a different title there? International banksters. Yes. International banksters make big promises on climate change. The international banksters have made an alliance with the green communists to reorder the global system. And don't be fooled, it's not to have a green environment. It's to make money. That's the reason. So it's, they have to no, create no, chaos and disorder to no, do it. No, I disagree, Doc. You, you really think they're genuine about it? No, they're genuine in controlling the world. They're already making money. They're making a lot of money now. They're sitting on top of $130 trillion that oh, they manage. I mean, point. what do you want to take it up to, $160 trillion? No, this is about power. I have said for a long time that the future global government is not going to be politicians. It's corporations. I, I, I have said that the Ten Kingdoms, the Ten Kings in the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, we have to consider the possibility that the Ten Kings are not political kings, but corporate kings. Yeah, like CEOs of multinational Right. Companies. Why couldn't one king be Bezos and another one... Zuckerberg, and you have 10 kings of the world. We have to start thinking differently in interpreting Bible prophecy. So the, hmm. the world government is going to be corporate. Well, didn't Boris Johnson halfway admit that today in his tweet? Yes. He said governments have billions, corpor yes. corporations have trillions. They know who's running the show now. The, the politicians are there only to codify their the decisions that these banksters make in private meetings then is codified into law by the politicians that are their little flunkies. And so the only reason why the politicians show up is to hear what the banks What they're supposed to, to do. Yes, you, now you're getting it. Okay. Okay. The global government that is being constructed right now is a corporate government. We're, we're going to be, and we're all, we're there right now. We're under a corporate uh, dictatorship. No rights, no freedoms, no participation in it. International banksters are making the decision. Technology companies, uh, you know, at the level of Amazon, 
and Facebook and Twitter and Google and Apple. Uh, uh, and then with the corporate, you know, the, the finance companies, Goldman Sachs and so forth, they are making the decisions. The politicians just say, yes, sir, we'll get it done for you. We'll, we'll get a law passed. We'll make it happen. But they have so much power now, Doc, they don't even need the laws passed. Well, you don't need a law passed that says, um, you know, all fossil fuel industries have to be shut down. You don't need a law to do that. You just cut off the money. Yes. Cut off the money to those companies and they will go out of business. The capital, the banking capital, is the blood that flows through the economic system. So uh, without that capital, a, a coal, you know, a coal company can't buy new equipment. They can't buy now you, you got know, it. You know, boring machines. Well, they can, can't do anything. There's not going to be any machines. They're going to cut off the companies that make the machines, Doc. They'll even go that far. Yes, yes. yes. You go into a, a large bank and you're, you're presenting a proposal for a bridge loan of $100 million to get you through six months. What do you do with what do you what's your company do? Well, we build big machines. Well, what do these big machines do? Well, we sell these big machines to coal mines. Well, what do they do with it? Well, they dig holes in the earth and get coal. Well, we're going we're not giving you any money. Because coal's bad. Coal's yeah. evil. Yes. So your big machine that digs holes in the ground is evil. That's what these people wow. are doing. They are going to control everything. Eventually, they don't need you and me. Right, because we're going to be de declared threats to the climate. Right, because we're producing CO2 yes. as well. And we will have to be euthanized and done away with. And so it's coming. It may take 10 years, 20 years. That's where they're going. The kings of the earth will have the whole earth to themselves. And the work, the labor will be done by robots. They won't need people. People just get in their way. People are blocking their view of oceans and mountains. And you know, you, you've got poor people living you know, in huts on, on oceanfront property. Get rid of them. Just get rid of them. I mean, this is the way these people are thinking. And they also will be thinking, too, these are the people that are slowing down our progress yes. as well. Yes. So I want to show you who Eye the... opening today. I want to show you the man who is in charge of this operation. Pay close attention. Financial Times. Carney-led finance coalition has up to $130 trillion of funding committed to hitting net zero. Now, Rick, why does that name Carney sound familiar? Because it's, it's Mark Carney. And he was the governor of the Bank of England. Then after he finished that job, he moved to Canada and became the governor of the Bank of Canada. Right. Before he was at the Bank of England, he was at um, Golden Sachs, a uh, Goldman Sachs, <laughs> and uh, worked, worked for them for, uh, I think, uh, 12, 13, 15 years, something like that. Uh, deeply committed to the international banks and uh, can, can move from being the, the head of the central bank of one nation and just move across the Atlantic and take over the central bank of another nation. And then to move from that into a new central bank, a central bank 
for climate change. Yes, exactly what he's doing. So Mark Carney is a very powerful player on the international money scene. And uh, we have been following him for I, just about as long as True News has been around. That would be 22 years. Because I talked about him years ago when he was at the Bank of, of England, then the Bank of Canada. So I'm going to show you something you're going to pay attention today. Pay, just mark this down somewhere and say, oh, Rick told us uh, in, in November. What is the day? November what? November 3rd. 3rd. November, Rick's told us on November 3rd, 2021, um, that this is going to become important. We're going to hear about this for many years. It's called GFANS. There it is, the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero, GFANS. And, and basically this is the central bank for climate change. You got it, Doc. And yeah. Mark Carney is the co-chairman and his uh, comrade as uh, co-chair is Michael Bloomberg. And also on the board of directors is Mary Shapiro who was uh, chairwoman of the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission under President Obama. And so all, the, all climate experts, I take it, yes, right? Yes, no, they're all. They're, or financial. They're, they're financial people. But you notice this is on their website, bringing together the financial sector to accelerate the transition to a net zero economy. All right, now... A lot of people aren't going to be familiar with this term, net zero economy. What do they mean by that, Rick? Uh, net carbon, zero, zero carbon. So they're trying to get carbon emissions down to, to zero. To zero. That means That's no coal, goal. no oil, no gasoline, no coal, nothing that has carbon. Zero. This is the transition to a global system that they will design and they will own it. And of course, it'll make them very rich. Because so, if you get to build a brand new financial system and you designed it and you own it, right. you get to keep the money. <laughs> That's right. So, What so a our, system. So our audience is going to be hearing this term a lot now over because they've really promoted this in COP26 this week that term net zero economy. So keep that in mind as we're moving forward because that's all they're going to talk about now. Right. You know, you, you hear of OECD, uh, particularly in uh, the attack on offshore banking, mm -hmm. offshore um, tax havens. And, you know, you'd read these headlines of over the past 10, 15 years, OECD uh, issues report, OECD calls for elimination of tax havens, OECD. And you would think somewhere out there, there's a, there's a global government organization called the OECD. No, it was a French think tank. Right. But and, they, became a they became a police power. They would issue a report against a country and, and, and some little country would just melt because their, their inspectors would show up. And I, I've seen this happen, Doc, particularly, uh, particularly in the Caribbean where these uh, island leaders would just be terrified that these French officials were coming in to inspect them. Like it was some kind of government agency. This is what GFANS is going to be like. Right. They're going to issue reports, your company's bad. 
you have to, we have to put sanctions on you. We have to shut you down, Doc. We have to, we have to deny you funds. Right. So they, they only had to come to you and say that. They can just say to all their member organizations, which yes. would be every single financial investment institution yes. in the world, do not invest with this company. Here's your they're hit on list. The bla they're on the blacklist. Here's your hit, yes. And they're actually talking about economic sanctions against yes. companies. So uh, we're going to take a, a break. When we come back, we'll tell you more about this new financial system that is being built and the decisions were made this week in Glasgow. You're watching True News. Having good, nutritious food ready in case of natural disasters or shipping disruptions is part of the wisdom God gives to us. And Heaven's Harvest is your resource in preparedness. Our food kits have a 25-year shelf life and come in a variety of snackable sizes with handles for convenient storage or transportation. The nutritional value of the food is preserved by freeze-drying and not dehydrating it. Heaven's Harvest offers heirloom vegetable seed kits with the highest quality non-GMO heirloom seeds simply created by nature. With 39 garden staple varieties, you can grow and produce an astonishing yield of hearty vegetables and fruits that have tremendous flavor. Heaven's Harvest also has water filtration and storage solutions and gardening and other resources that will offer you and your family peace of mind. Visit Heaven's Harvest online at heavensharvest.com. That's heavensharvest.com or call 800-516-4773. That's 800-516-4773. If you miss, missed yesterday's True News, our lead story was that the China Communist government urged all Chinese citizens, what is that, 1.4 billion people? Yes. To stockpile food. The, the Chinese government did it. All right, it wasn't a PSA announcement on Chinese television. The government, the Ministry of, what was it, of Commerce or, or, or something, uh, uh, put the put the message out to the entire country that all Chinese citizens should stockpile food and necessities for the winter. So we're gonna talk about it in a few minutes. Nobody really knows what's going on, why the Chinese suddenly want the entire nation to go into prepper mode. But if you are a True News viewer, then you know that this happened because 99.9% .9 of the people in this country never heard it yesterday. Right. Only the true news audience. Very few people heard it. It was not reported on Fox News, CNN, ABC News. It wasn't anywhere. Bloomberg News carried it. Few people there, you know, I'm sure picked up on it. The Wall Street guys saw it, but the, but the man and woman, you know, in, in everyday town didn't hear about it. And certainly, not people in the church heard anything about no. it. No, but that's our job. This is why we're here. And the Lord keeps true news going day after day for 22 years. And he uses people just like you to keep this ministry going. We are financed by the generosity of our audience. We don't make big appeals. I don't have a fundraising department. I don't do anything like that. I just pray and ask the Lord to speak to people and there are people who hear the Lord's voice and they send gifts. That's how it works. And it's been working that way for 22 years. We would like to have you as a partner. You can donate online at truenews.com or you can send a check or money order to the address that's on the screen, which is post office box 690069, Vero Beach, Florida, 32969. So we're talking about Mark Carney.
very influential man in the global financial system. And as I said, I've, I've talked about this man for many, many years. And I, I, I'm going to recall some of the articles that we've talked about in recent years. This, uh, this next one was the Financial Times. And let's see, this was August 23rd, 2019. And we actually covered this story. We sure did. So, Doc, what's the headline? Mark Carney calls for global monetary system to replace the dollar. Mark Carney, the man who yesterday announced the $133 trillion financial alliance to remake the global economy. That Mark Carney. Yes. When he said this in 2019, we need a new global monetary system to replace the U.S. dollar. I talked about it on True News. I said this man is working to undo our way of life. He wants his, the, the globalists, the international banksters are determined to have a new financial system. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. COP26 in Glasgow, that's where they did the handshake. That's where it they happened, did. Doc. They did the handshake in Glasgow, Scotland this week. It, that article that you saw from 2019, they, they inked it this week in Glasgow. He's been working since 2019 to put this together. He didn't just come up with this idea last week. No. And no. say, I'm going to go to Scotland and propose this, and Greta Thunberg is probably going to be so excited about this. No, he was working on this years ago. And so they inked the deal this week in Scotland. Most people who knew about that story in 2019 forgot about it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mark Carney called for a, a global system to replace the U.S. dollar. I wonder whatever happened to old Mark Carney. Well, now you know. Yes, he, he started GFANS. Which, in, which is going to be not just the central bank for climate change. It's going to be the central bank for the world when we're all said and done. It. That's what they're doing. So, and he's qualified to move into that position. Yes. So um, another story. This was from Bloomberg. Right, this is from uh, 2019. I remember this story too, Rick. Uh, Carney urges Libra-like reserve currency to end dollar do dominance. And so uh, the idea here, of course, this is an implementation to get rid of the dollar and to come up with a new global currency of some kind that would allow a central government. To, in order to have a central currency, you have to have a central government. It's the first step toward global government. Yes. So. What's the point in, in a global currency if there's no government over it. Right. But notice this is a 2019. He envisioned a Libra-like reserve currency. Well, what was Libra? Libra was the name of Mark Zuckerberg's proposed uh, Facebook digital crypto, yeah, crypto digital, digital coin, which went nowhere. Uh, and we were in uh, Singapore you and I were there in Singapore. Yep, November and, 2019. So. And, yeah, and the story was uh, 2019. Yes. And, and I, I was in the, the session where, in fact, the, one of the top uh, officials of the Chinese uh, central bank was on the stage. And there were other officials there. And when, when people brought up, the, when the uh, panel moderator brought up Mark Zuckerberg's Libra, mm -hmm. um, it was so obvious 
that China and other countries were not going to allow Mark Zuckerberg to start his cryptocurrency. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it was just a, sh just an absolute shutdown. Because they already owned that game. Yes. Well, they're not going to let they, they more than anything, Doc. What I saw was we're, we're certainly not going to allow Mark Zuckerberg to run the world with his currency. But what did Mark Carney want? The very thing that he was talking about was a Libra-like type of currency. So uh, is, is Carney working with Mark Zuckerberg? Zuckerberg uh, renamed his currency. He's been very quiet about it. Uh, they've not talked much about it because they had so much opposition to it. But you're going to have some, some type of privately owned cryptocurrency, not owned by governments, not owned by central banks. These guys are outside of the central banks. They're creating, you're right, they're creating their own central bank for the world. Yes. That has nothing to do with governments. They're going to become the government. They don't need these little country governments anymore. These little countries are going to become counties. Yes, because something like this, they'll be able to finance their own armies, their own air forces, their own navies. They'll be able to have their own private uh, armies. You have $130 trillion under, under your management? I hope our audience really understands the impact of the decisions I've made this week. They, with, nothing in my lifetime has been so obvious that this is global government without calling it that. That's right. I mean, this is, this is global government now. They just did a global corporate tax a few days ago. Now they're telling you we're going to have a global, uh, you know, uh, investment scheme that's going to finance all this. And we're going to shut down entire industries. Entire industries. And we're about to tell you in a few minutes what they're going to do to farmers. This is wild what they're planning to do to ranchers and farmers. Uh, here's a Reuters story. Uh, Mark Carney is the key man risk for bank net zero club. And there's a quote in this Reuters story that I want Doc to read. So Mark Carney, the UN Special Envoy for Climate Change and Finance and COP26 private finance advisor to Prime Minister Boris Johnson, said that the architecture of the global financial system had been transformed to deliver net zero. We now have the essential plumbing in place to move climate change from the fringes to the forefront of finance so that every, listen to this audience, every financial decision takes climate change into account. Only this mainstream focus can finance the estimated 100 trillion, as we said earlier, it's actually 130 trillion of investment needed for the next three decades for a clean energy future. Every Every financial decision will be made based on climate change. So if I'm at McDonald's, let's say, and I'm buying, you know, chicken nuggets or a cheeseburger, mm -hmm. that financial transaction at some point now had to we, pass, had to pass uh, approval by these overlords. So at some point that approval, let's say the hamburger, for instance, mm -hmm. are they going to start weighing? Well, is that hamburger a green hamburger? Yes. And we'll be talking about that here in a little yes. bit, too. So, By the way, in that story, that Reuters story, it said that Mark Carney was the, the private advisor, the private climate advisor to Boris Johnson. Yes. On climate change. Yes. Now we know who authorized Johnson to give his scary speech in Glasgow. 
Remember? Yeah, the, the doomsday, doomsday machine. The doomsday machine. Yes. You get out there, Bojo, and you scare the people. You tell them there's a doomsday machine. Right. The time is running out. What are the banksters doing? They're scaring the world. The, the, the oceans are going to overtake the, the, the islands in just 10 years. We got we to gotta do something now. We got to change the entire financial system of the world. We got to put a, a group of international banksters in charge of the entire planet just to stop this horrible climate change. That's the message that, yes. they're, that they're driving right now. So this, uh, by the way, Bill Gates is uh, shopping for more farmland right now. This was in the New York Post today. Gates shops for climate saving farm, but he, he's doing his uh, farm shopping while he's on his super polluter yacht. Yes, and isn't this the case with all these guys, Rick? They have no qualms about taking private jets or driving expensive limousines, uh, all these things, uh, super polluter yachts. They have no qualms about that at all because they're saving the planet. Yes, Doc, you would have one too if you were as smart as Bill Gates. He can't help it that he's a genius and you're not. That's why he has a yacht. That's why you don't. And that's why he gets to pollute while I don't. Yes, now uh, you, you understand the way the system's working, Doc. So, uh, Canada has pledged to reduce methane emissions. Because methane is bad okay. now. Yes, now this is going to get, at first it's, at first it's silly and then you realize these people are serious and it's scary. Uh, years ago when I would think about the lefties and the, the green radicals, uh, you just would laugh and say, they're just funny little clowns, and thank God they don't have any power. Well, guess what? And don't let any, don't let any firearms or anything with sharp edges around because they might hurt themselves, you know, because they're such idiots. But now they have power. But the carnies of the world aren't idiots. But they're mobilizing the idiots in the green movement. Yes. They are mobilizing the green communists to give them what they desire, which is the green money. Oh, they're, they share something about green, money. So, so the, the, the guys like Carney are capitalist communists. See, like China, China's run by communist capitalists. Yes. And America's run by capitalist communists. <laughs> right? And... And then you have the green movement, which... They're just communists. They're just communists, <laughs> but their communism is to save the planet. And how are they going to do it? They're going to take away your rights, take away your private property, take mm. away your wealth, transfer your wealth to somebody else. They're going, to, they're going to prevent you from using your property as you see fit. That's their version of communism, but they're doing it to save, to save the planet. Now, this is where this starts to get really weird, because we're going to show you how they're going to attack ranchers and cattlemen and farmers. So this article was uh, from uh, CBC Canada. Right. And so, talks about how dangerous cows are to our future. Right. So this is just one little portion of the whole plan, folks. But So this is a quote from uh, CBC Canada. Nearly 30% of methane emissions come from the agriculture sector, where methane 
accounts for more emissions than any other GHG, greenhouse gas, according to Canada's greenhouse gas inventory. Cattle burps make up a significant portion of these emissions. What does? Cattle burps. Burps. Burps and, and other noises. So we're going make, so. to outlaw cow burping. Well, whether they outlaw it or not, Rick, they might have another plan in place. Karen Boshine. Let me think. They're going to install catalytic converters <laughs> on the cows. That, that's, I like your plan. All right. So you were waiting all day for that. I did. You? So, I did. So, all right. So uh, Karen Bochemin, a researcher with Agriculture and Agri-Foods Canada who is exploring ways to reduce these emissions, says roughly a third of all greenhouse gas emissions from the ag sector come from the digestive activities of cattle. That's more than 3% of Canada's overall GHG emissions. Now, notice that last line there, it's only 3% of Canada's overall GHG emissions. But listen to some of the, what the radical steps that are going to have to take to address just that 3%. This next quote here. If the sector wants to improve, said Boshemin, we need to decrease livestock numbers or we need to decrease the emissions from those animals. Whoa, 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 Doc. The international banksters and the green communists have made a decree that worldwide they're going to decrease the number of cows on the planet, or well, they're going to find a way to make cows burp less. This is what they're saying, right? Right. This is, so this is the kind of stuff that was talked about it in Scotland this week. This is the serious thing. They're very serious about this. Now, tie that in with the investments that are made. So are you investing in a technology that is promoting the cow burping, let's say? You mean like ranching? Be, right. Or are you trying to reduce that, either by reducing livestock or reducing the emissions? Which is easier? So Think about this. Which is easier? Your bank may cut off your banking services if you're a cattleman. That's that's where this is going. I mean, seriously. This is what I'm hoping our audience, I hope you grasp what we're trying to, to relay to you today. A monumental decision was made in Glasgow. They're going to reimagine the entire world economic system. And over the next 10 years, they're going to drive a lot of people out of business. Right. And they're going to drive others into the businesses that they own. Now, they do provide some ideas here on how they can reduce the emissions. So in this next quote here, we have, that's from the uh, same article. So mixing additives like sunflower oil into cattle feed can reduce their emissions by around 15%. Uh, an additive called 3-nitroxpropanol, I practiced that three times before I came out here, shown to reduce methane emissions in cattle by an average of 30%, according to Boshemin's research. But 3-NOP has not been approved in Canada, and Boshemin says... The regulatory uh, system prevents these additives from being approved in a timely manner. There's definitely ways of reducing methane emissions by 15, 20%, but those additives that are still going to bring 30, 40, and 50% reductions are still stuck in the proverbial pipeline. So, Rick, basically what it comes down to, in order, before they can even get to that point of the uh, reduction that they want, they're going to start making decisions on, well, wouldn't it just be easier to reduce the number of livestock that are producing the emissions? Okay, so obviously that gets rid of, of um, cattle for food, for beef. Right. Well, will there be a food shortage? No. Because they have a solution. 
They have fake meat. They're going to have fake meat. And I'm not talking about plant burgers. I'm talking about laboratory-grown meat from cells. That They're going to grow it in, in factories, meat factories. Completely, total, fake. Not one thing natural in it. Right. And if That's not- what's going to be on your grocery shelves, fake meat, because they're going to get rid of the cows. And if they're not having you do that, they're going to be having you eat bugs and mealworms as protein replacements. You know, they're doing that now. And so um, one of the other issues that if you know anything about cows, they produce uh, methane from manure. And so it also says methane is also released from manure, which is used on farms to fertilize crops. Think about this. So they're going to eliminate the fertilizer process, Rick. There are two ways to deal with these emissions, reduce or harness them. Emissions can be reduced by covering manure pools with straw or by altering the acidity of the manure to deactivate the microorganisms that produce methane. Andrew Vanderzag, who researches methane emissions on farms, says at least 30 farmers in British Columbia are capturing methane from manure storage systems and selling it to energy companies. They're able to reduce the methane emissions from their manure management system to very low levels. They're producing renewable natural gas for the energy cribs, so there's that benefit from that side as well. But that's not their goal. Their goal is not to raise cows to produce methane. Their goal is to reduce the methane. And so the only practical way that they can do that is to uh, somehow compel ranchers not to raise cows. Okay? So how are they going to do that, Rick? Well, there's been proposals here in the U.S., here in the United States of, of America, about putting a tax on every head of cattle that is raised for beef. Let's say a tax. Let's say you have a, a, a cow. I don't know how much cows cost now, so don't quote me on this. But let's say a cow costs $2,500, okay? You could potentially have a tax up to and equal to that amount, okay? And so that now your cow starts costing you money. Because you've got to feed it, you've got to water it, you've got to provide, uh, you know, uh, area for it, and now you've got to pay a big, giant, hefty tax on it. Now, so the farmer either makes a decision, well, if I keep raising cattle, I've got to raise, the prices have to come up that I sell this, that raises the price of hamburger, let's say. So right now, hamburgers running about $5 a pound, which to me is just crazy. Uh, but in a scenario like that, Hamburger could cost $20, $25, $30 a pound when you add that extra level of price per head tax on it. And don't think they can't do this. They just did a global tax this week on corporations. They can just as easily do a global tax on every head of cattle that's raised anywhere in the world. Why not? They did a, a global tax this week without you voting on it. So why not a global tax on cows? So... That's, that's where I see things headed. And the farmers, the ranchers, they're going to make decisions. I can't afford to do this. I can't afford to make a living doing this. And the only ones that are going to be able to afford to do it are the corporate uh, ranches and the corporate farms. And they're going to make a decision. We can just grow our own meat in the lab a lot cheaper. So this is a, a, a major economic shift that we're undergoing here. It is going to totally disrupt everything we know about how we get food, how we buy food, the cost of food, what food we're eating. So Suck every, every, it changes everything. Everything that's made with oil. Yes. Going, I mean, if, they, if they eliminate oil as a product, 
how many things that we're sitting here right now have petroleum in it? This table, the, this laptop, my jacket. It's, it's a synthetic jacket. Synthetic, it's oil. <laughs> this is all from fossil fuel. Look, I knew it was about five, six, seven years. It hasn't been that long, six, uh, maybe six years ago. Um, when the Rockefeller uh, family sold off all of their oil stock, I knew then, yes. the decision's already been made. It's already been made. The Rockefellers got out of oil. And I knew something has happened behind the scenes. A decision has been made that the world will shut down the oil industry over the next 10, 15 years. And they got out. Okay, so we're, what we're trying to get across to you today is a monumental decision, a monumental deal was made in Glasgow that will radically transform the world over the next 10 years. You will not recognize this world a decade from now if these, if these men and women are allowed to um, carry out their scheme. Uh, only time will tell. And uh, I don't know if it can be stopped. We don't have a say in it, do we? Not really. They have no voice, no say whatsoever. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got some COVID news to pass on to you. Don't go away. You're watching True News. Having good, nutritious food ready in case of natural disasters or shipping disruptions is part of the wisdom God gives to us. And Heaven's Harvest is your resource in preparedness. Our food kits have a 25-year shelf life and come in a variety of stackable sizes with handles for convenient storage or transportation. The nutritional value of the food is preserved by freeze-drying and not dehydrating it. Heaven's Harvest offers heirloom vegetable seed kits with the highest quality non-GMO heirloom seeds simply created by nature. With 39 garden staple varieties, you can grow and produce an astonishing yield of hearty vegetables and fruits that have tremendous flavor. Heaven's Harvest also has water filtration and storage solutions and gardening and other resources that will offer you and your family peace of mind. Visit Heaven's Harvest online at heavensharvest.com. That's heavensharvest.com or call 800-516-4773. That's 800-516-4773. Well, the president of the Philippines is frustrated that local government officials uh, throughout the Philippines are too slow in vaccinating the entire country. And President Duterte uh, warned them. He threatened them yesterday. And Dr. Burkhardt has the information. Right. President Duterte, uh, he orders all military and police to ensure delivery of COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, what's unique about the Philippines, Rick, is that uh, it is a very multi-layered uh, government system. Uh, they have people in different positions of authority all the way down really to the local neighborhood level. So if you would think, it, you know, if you live in an urban area of any kind, several city blocks, they call that a barangay. That's, you have a captain over that barangay and the levels keep going up all the way through the government. So politically, they are very organized on that level. And they call them LGUs, local, local government, government units. units. So, and these barangays have access to some police powers. And so basically what President Duterte, and I'll be honest, when he was running, I, I liked the idea of having President Duterte there. He was a person coming in that was going to deal with the traffickers, the drugs. He was going to drain the swamp, wasn't he? That's right. He, yeah. was, he was the Philippine Trump. 
But uh, what has happened now since COVID has come along is that they have had drastic, uh, uh, you know, uh, lockdowns in place. They're only now beginning to ease things up. Even to this day, Rick, if you go out in public, you have to wear a mask and a face shield in public. Uh, it doesn't matter. The police will pick you up and arrest you and find you and fine you for it. What about in your front yard? It doesn't matter. <laughs> you step <laughs> the, out of your the, house. The barangay captain could have the police come over. And so that's the kind of power that they have. So uh, there are elderly people that haven't left their house in a year and a half. I know one in particular because... A year and a half? To, uh, I'm related to her. She snuck out a few weeks ago. But a year and a half? She hasn't left her house? Yeah, so <laughs> it was crazy. Well, there's, uh, we got some quotes from this yes. article. So uh, President uh, Duterte has asked the Armed Forces of the Philippines, listen to this, everyone, and the Philippine National Police to mobilize its assets in delivering anti-coronavirus vaccines across the country. Duterte said this is to ensure that all local government units, LGUs, reach their daily goal of administering one million jabs en route to achieving his administration's target of having at least 55 million citizens fully vaccinated against COVID-19 by year's end. Now, he made some threats, Doc. Yes. And what did he threaten to do to uh, local government leaders who act too slowly in jabbing people? Well, he said to this end, I have reiterated my instructions to all agencies to make sure that our local government units will receive their daily jab performance so that our country can reach that target of one million jabs. He lamented the slow rollout of vaccines once supplies leave the capital. To make sure every qualified Filipino will be inoculated against the deadly resp respiratory disease, listen to this everyone, the President reminded Interior and Local Government Secretary Eduardo Año to hold accountable local officials who will be proven remiss in their duties and fail in utilizing the anti-coronavirus jabs efficiently. And so basically what they're threatening them with is either removing them from their positions of authority or maybe something even more drastic, fining them, jailing them. Uh, I don't like to think any further than that, but they are because implementing it, this. Because the local government officials aren't meeting their vaccination their quotas. quotas. Yes. That's what it's all about, a quota. Down to the neighborhood level, down to the street level. So they will have police going, knocking on your door, where's your vaccination card? Because now, they have to hit their quota. Yes, they, are, they now have an incentive. And that incentive is, I want to stay in power. I want to stay in office. And so, now this is uh, very foreboding because if it can happen in the Philippines, it can happen anywhere else in the world, including the United States of America. And basically what President Duterte has done he, is he has mobilized the power the military power of a nation to force everyone in the nation to be jabbed, every single person. Yes. It breaks my heart for the Philippines because that just simply means within a few months and a few years, you're gonna have hundreds of thousands of people that are dead and they will, they'll be going, I wonder how that happened. And so. Two things happened yesterday, Doc, uh, involving Pfizer's COVID-19 drug. Uh, number one, a whistleblower exposed multiple issues with Pfizer's vaccine trial and said fake uh, data was presented uh, that covered up serious problems with Pfizer's product. Uh, this report was uh, published by uh, BMJ Investigations. Uh, 
which uh, says researchers blow the whistle on data integrity issues in Pfizer's vaccine trial. Now, this right here, Doc, wouldn't you think that story comes out that they submitted falsified data to government agencies that they were going to approve the use of Pfizer's product? Wouldn't you think that would be a major scandal and the FDA and the CDC would immediately call for a halt of all vaccinations using Pfizer's product? You would think it would. On a normal day. Right. Fake data, right. falsified numbers. And this is directly from the documents where it says they they falsified data entries, daily data entries. They took shortcuts where they didn't verify information. Any other day, any other time, any other safety protocols would be in place, but and, not for this. And what, what was the fake data? Covering up side effects. Yes. Adverse side effects. They knew, they knew that Pfizer's product was hurting people. So that story came out yesterday, but another story about Pfizer came out. Guess what the CDC in the United States said yesterday? Well, the, let's, let's give kids the Pfizer shot. That's right, folks. Uh, the CDC has approved Pfizer's uh, uh, junior-sized jab for kids 5 to 11. On the same day that a whistleblower report came out that Pfizer lied, the CDC said, we don't care. We're going to stick it in little children. In spite of the fact they don't have verifiable... Follow data. the science? Yes. If you follow the science... Pfizer executives would be in prison. You can't falsify data and then say follow the science. What they did was criminal. But the whole, the whole COVID thing is criminal. Yes. By the way, going back to Mark Carney, you know what? His uh, fascination, his mantra for this year are the three C's. Credit, COVID, and climate. Those are his three C's. He, he just can, combines them all together, yes, doesn't he? He can rule the world with those three C's. Control the credit, right? Build it around the climate and shut the world down. Through COVID. Through COVID. Carney's three C's. Yes. That'll be easy to remember. Yeah. So. Carney with a C and his three C's. Um, okay, I want to take the last couple of minutes and I, I want to uh, answer some of our, our folks. I, I said last week we were talking about uh, the border situation in Texas. Particularly the border wall. Yeah, it was, the, I guess, last Friday or so when we were talking about the, the, the drug cartels uh, building an army on the border. And, uh, you know, I said, look, President Trump... Uh, you know, he made a deal. He made a deal with the Democrats that he wouldn't build the wall. And, you know, after that, it was just obvious it wasn't going to happen, even though he pretended he was going to build the wall. Well, a lot of, um, a lot of people got upset with me, and I understand it. They, they weren't mean. They weren't upset. But they were just, they still support President Trump, and they thought I was unfair uh, in saying that the president made a deal not to build the wall. And they go, Rick, that's not true. Uh, he did want to build the wall. And I believe he did. I do believe he wanted to build the wall. 
Yes, at I don't, some point. I don't doubt that. But I also know he made a deal not to build the wall. Right. Because that's Donald Trump. Okay. He makes deals. He made a deal not to build the wall. But inside, he wanted to build the wall, but he made a deal not to do it because he had to get something else done, and so he made that deal. Now, some people, um, some of our audience members said, uh, you know, if you can't prove it, then you need to retract it and say you're sorry. Well, I wouldn't say it if I couldn't prove it. So I went back through my notes to see what I got. What can I show you? Uh, this, go, this is NPR, September 2017. Now, for people with short memory, uh, there were a lot of people that were upset with Donald Trump because he made a deal with the Democrats over DACA. All right, and so what was DACA? Well, DACA was that deferred action for childhood arrivals, basically the kids coming across the border. The dreamers. Right. And so, so he made a deal with the Democrats, okay? And that caused a lot of conservatives. For that, this was back in 2017, remember, to finally start saying, well, what, what is it that we've got here? Why is he making a deal on this? Well, then the following year, December 2018, here's BBC. Trump supporters angry at his retreat on border wall. Right. And a couple quotes from that article in particular there. So supporters of U.S. President Donald Trump have turned on him after he was yet again denied funding for a border wall. So late on Wednesday, the U.S. Congress approved a spending bill to keep federal agencies open until February. The Republican president was foiled in the Senate by his own party, which refused to grant him any of the $5 billion he wants for a U.S.-Mexico wall. And just hold it right there. Just okay. Remember, this is 2018. Right. The Republicans were still in control of the Senate. Yes. They had lost, because this is December, they had lost the election, okay, the midterms. Mm -hmm. But Mitch McConnell was still the majority leader of the Senate. Yes. Mitch McConnell and the Republicans refused to give Trump the money for the wall. Right. So, again, Trump was trying to build the wall, but at the same time, he signed bills that prevented him from building a wall. So the, the next one, um, this is Washington Post. Um, let's see, no, uh, this is a quote from... And from Ann Coulter here. This and that's uh, yes. The same. This is the BBC article. Right. Isn't so it? okay. It says right wing columnist Ann Coulter. And remember, this is December 2018. Author of In Trump We Trust, recently predicted he will not be reelected. 2018. Now at that point, it just looked like there's no way he could lose coming up. Without a wall, he will only be remembered as a small cartoon figure who briefly inflamed and amused the rabble. She wrote. A lot of conservatives, a lot of Republicans were furious with Ann Coulter in 2018 when she made that statement. And it really hurt her. She, her, her career was damaged. Uh, her popularity went down. I don't think she's ever recovered from it. To this day, I don't think she's ever been able to pull it out. She's still around, she's still speaking, but her, her star fell because she she said, Donald Trump will not be reelected because he won't build the wall. And you remember, this is quite a drastic shift for Ann Coulter because she was one of the very first ones out there. 2015. In 2015, is saying, you know, with the candidates coming out. I still remember the clip uh, from uh, Bill Maher's show on HBO. Mm -hmm. Ann Coulter was on there, and he asked her, who do you see as winning the uh, primaries? And she said, Donald Trump. 
and audience just laughed and Bill Maher just about fell out of his chair and everything uh, when she said it. She was right on the money. She was right about him being elected. She was one of his first supporters and she was also one of the first Trump supporters to jump ship and say he won't be reelected because privately he has made a deal not to build the wall. And if he doesn't build the wall, he's not going to win. Right. She was right about it. Now, we'll go to the Washington Post, January 2019. Right. So this is uh, Ann Coulter. And basically he said, she says Donald Trump lied about the wall, that he had no intention that once he got in to actually finish building the wall. Um, so in that, she says he promised something for 18 months. He lied about it. She, she said that on Bill Maher's show, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, in that month. And so um, then the next month, yes, February 2019, this is Newsweek. OK, so Trump's Fox News allies, Hannity, Ingram and Dobb, Dobbs Savage Congress border wall deal, an insult to POTUS and the American people. Now, right there, this is it right here. The border wall deal. This is when the conservatives went ballistic on Donald Trump because they knew he signed this border wall deal. This is what I was talking about. So this was uh, February 2019. And in that in that law that he signed, he knew that he was prohibited from building a wall. Now, what he did is that he we're going to show you here in a minute what he did to keep his supporters fooled. He kept talking about building a wall, but privately he knew that he agreed to not build a wall. Yes. This is in February. This of 2019. A new Congress has been installed. They're in power. So this is what's happening. And, and so this is when uh, Lou Dobbs and uh, Laura Ingram, uh, Sean Hannity. Of course, Laura Ingram was already saying, I told you so. But now others were saying, what's going on here with Donald Trump? He just sold us out. He just made a deal with the Democrats not to build the wall. This is what I'm trying to show our audience. This is what I was referring to last week. So we go to uh, BBC. This is now October 2020, weeks before the election of 2020 between Trump and Biden. How much of the wall did he actually build? Well, Doc... Uh, I think most of us thought, you know, in October 2020, certainly um, Donald Trump has, has, has built that wall all the way across Texas. He's just got a few more feet to go. The Democrats won't let him finish it. But, man, he's been trying to figure out ways to get that wall built. Right. That's, what, that's what I thought in 2020 because he talked about how many miles that he had built and he, yes. and I would think how could that be how could that be true because in 2019 you signed a law that prohibits you from building the wall but you can keep talking about it but he actually would say we have built this many miles of the wall and I couldn't figure out what's true how could this be true that he's actually building the wall and yet he signed a law that says he can't build the wall right we're going to show you the trick that Donald Trump did that fooled his supporters. 
So this is uh, number 42. This is uh, from the BBC. Um, mind you again, this is October 2020, weeks before the election. How many miles did he actually build? 15. Say it again, Rick. 15 miles of new primary barrier where none existed before. Right. Now look at the next number. 350 miles of replacement or secondary barrier. And here's where the trick is on that, Rick. Those funds were already earmarked for that yes. before Donald Trump came yes. to office. Yes. On that 350 and, miles. And that, the wall was already there. Yeah, they just replaced it. They replaced it. the wall. 350 right. miles of replacement wall, which Donald Trump would claim that he built. But only actual in number of actual new miles of wall. 15 miles. 15. And the U.S. Customs and Border uh, uh, Protection Agency, they'll confirm this. Before Donald Trump came into office, there were 654 miles of barrier along the southern border. After he left office, 669 miles of primary barrier. He built 15 miles. And he, he, he just replaced 350 miles. And then under construction was 220 one miles uh, of new or replacement primary secondary barrier and then pre-construction. So the trick, Doc, was he was putting up replacement wall and claiming it was new wall. Right. And technically it is a new wall. Yes, it's brand new it's replacement new, wall. But it's not new miles of wall. That's right. And that's how he fooled the people because he, his hands were tied. It doesn't mean that he didn't. I don't believe Ann Coulter. I mean, I, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not in agreement with Ann Coulter that he never intended to build a wall. I, I really believe he intended to when build a wall. When he was running, I, I believe yes. that he actually thought. But he we said could a, big, a, wall. a big, beautiful wall. Big, 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 beautiful wall. That's not what they built. They built steel barriers. All right, and to add insult to injury on that, this isn't like. Uh, you know, take that 15 miles and the 350 miles, so it's 365 miles. It's not a line of 365 miles of wall. You've got some wall here, and then a big giant gap. Some wall here, another big giant gap. Some wall here, another big giant you know gap. What is a wall with a hole in it? It's a, that's a door. <laughs> because he was not permitted by federal law to finish the wall. Right. He could put up sections as long as he didn't connect the section. <laughs> That's right. You do, got it. Do you understand the trick now? As long as he didn't connect the wall sections, he was within the, the law. And at the same time, he can go to the rallies and say, look at that big, beautiful wall, the 15 miles of it. I hope this makes sense uh, to uh, our audience. Okay, the next thing, I, I heard about this last week, and I thought it was a joke. And I really didn't pay attention to it. Uh, people talking about uh, um, they were going to go to Dallas-Fort Worth to Dealey Plaza. Yes. And John F. Kennedy Jr. was going to appear and, I guess, announce that um, the swamp creatures were going to be rounded up and the pedophiles were going to be uh, imprisoned and whatever. I really, I thought it was a joke until I found out that really a lot of people did go to Dealey Plaza and wait for John F. Kennedy Jr. to appear. Um, this really happened. Was it Monday? 
I don't even know what day the... This would have been, uh, uh, so, so yeah, it would have been Monday that it occurred, and so... I hope nobody in the True News audience went there. I, if you did, I, then I, I, I realize I have more work to do because my job is to keep you from being fooled. And this was quite the event. And I told you for four years, QAnon is a, a deception. I personally believe it was run by an intelligence agency. And, and they kept a lot of people completely fooled, believing. Look at the plan was, don't you do anything. Don't organize. Don't, don't do anything because you've got to follow the plan. Over here in secret, Donald Trump is rounding up the pedophiles. Over here, Donald Trump, they're, they're, they've got secret subpoenas and they're going to lock up Hillary Clinton. They, you just got to trust the plan. And so they kept people fooled for four years. And the people didn't organize, but the left organized, the communists organized, Black Lives Matter organized, Antifa organized, but the Trump base sat there because they were told, trust the plan. But you never had to tell them the plan. Yes. That, that know, was the beauty of it. Doc, Trust they, the plan. The communists did the same thing in the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia. They did the very same thing the Russian patriots, the Russian Christians were told there is a, there's a plan to stop the revolution. Tell me the plan. We can't right now. It's secret. It's secret. You, got to, you just have to trust. But the communists did it to the Russians in 1917, and they just did it to the Americans, and they, and they carried out their revolution in 2020. So um, well, anyhow, yeah. we got some video of people at Dealey Plaza waiting on John F. Kennedy Jr. to walk out and announce whatever he was supposed to announce. Just take a look at this. It is almost 12.29. Any minute now, the big reveal. The crowd is big, ready to go. People got played for a fool one more time. Just believe the Bible. Believe Jesus Christ. And stop believing these silly um, tricks that I, I honestly believe intelligence agencies are, are spinning to keep people diverted uh, and, and not taking action. The action we should be doing is preaching the gospel of the kingdom. If Satan can uh, put up a circus tent over here and get a bunch of people to go over there and look and wait on something to happen, they're not preaching the gospel. And that's what's taking place. We need to be focused on the mission that our king gave us. My king is not Donald Trump. My king is no, no politician. I'm not following any of these people 
my king is Jesus Christ and he gave a commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel, make disciples of all men and women. This is what we're supposed to be doing, Doc. Right. But unfortunately, it's like P.T. Barnum said, there are a lot of people that like to be fooled. And they will run to be fooled rather than believe the Yes, truth. but P.T. Barnum and I, I have a lot of his old books in my library. Right. And he said, I always tell people, I'm going to fool you. Right. He, would, he, he felt it was his obligation. He was an entertainer. He would say, I'm going to fool you. Uh, give me... Uh, buy this ticket, but I'm telling you right now, I'm going to fool you. And then he said, people would still give him money. Yes. But he said, I just told them I'm going to fool you. These people don't tell you. <laughs> right? Just take your money. <laughs> All right. They fool you and, and people are believing it. So stop, stop fall, falling for this kind of stuff. Oh, let's see. What can we, how about, let's wrap it up with uh, something mysterious. How about a giant whirlpool off the coast of Great Britain? Right, so this is a, a mystery whirlpool, uh, either a hole in the ocean or who knows what it is. We actually have a close-up of Look it here, that. Rick. And so... Uh, I don't know where it came from. It just appeared. What is it, Doc? It, it could be a sea, a sea cave that collapsed. It could be uh, an old lava tube that finally opened up. The water's going down. Um, we, it could be, it might be where John F. Kennedy parks his spaceship. <laughs> okay. Uh, I wasn't going to go that far with John F. Kennedy Jr. today. And so, well, but there's a lot of people who do. And so um, this is, but this is a weird story. Hey, there's a lot of weird things in the world. Some of the weird things are the things that people do. And that's what we observe here every day. Well, I'm years. ending with this because I just want to show the world is full mysterious things that uh, really are mysterious. We don't know. The planet is huge. The, the universe is huge. There are things in the natural world that we can't even understand and explain. Uh, let's just stay focused on the real things that we can see and touch and, yes. and, um, and not believe um, silly stories that people are spreading on the internet. Uh, just use your brain. Do you really think John F. Kennedy Jr. is alive. You really think he's going to walk out on the street and announce? I mean, just use your brain. Right? You're being played for fools. And this, this whole QAnon thing is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my lifetime that sensible people just threw away their common sense. Some, just, some their livelihoods. Yeah, just completely believed a, a fabrication uh, and, and allowed wicked, evil people to get away with their deeds, okay? So we're not gonna take back control of anything if you can't even control your thinking. So get your mind under control first. That's it, love you very much. We'll be back here tomorrow with more True News. God bless you.